Together, growing in faith, changing communities. Dear friends, today I would like us to reflect on the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 19, from verse 23 to verse 30. This is a continuation, dear friends, of a discourse that takes place between Jesus and the young man, where the young man goes to Jesus and he says to him, Lord, what must I do in order to inherit eternal life? What must I do in order to change my life? The other question would be, what must I do in order to have an assurance that I can go to heaven? And as you remember in the previous podcast that we had done, Jesus gives him three basic principles. Love God, love your neighbor, love yourself. And so at the basis of it all, he has to love. And then Jesus says this in the commandments, which I call the principles of the kingdom. He says, you shall love God. He says, you shall not steal. You shall not commit adultery. You shall uh, honor your mother and father. You shall not bear false witness. And we have summarized those things to mean those three great points of love. Then Jesus gets the response from the young man who says to him, but Lord, I have lived that. I have done that all my life. Jesus says to him, if you want to be perfect, if you want to fulfill everything in perfection and there is nothing lacking, Jesus says to him, go and sell all that you have and come, give that to the poor and come and follow me. And the scriptures tells us that the young man left away sad because he was a man of great wealth. So the beginning of this discourse begins with that, where Jesus says it is absolutely difficult for a rich person to enter the kingdom of heaven. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a niggle. Now, we need to understand this within its particular context. Richness could mean, in many ways, physical things. It could mean material things. I'm reaching many things. I've got so much money. I've got so much wealth. That's one aspect of being rich. But the other aspect of being rich has to do with bringing or gaining and keeping things for the sake of keeping them. This, for me, does not necessarily have to do with material richness, but it has to do with the heart being attached to certain things to certain people, uh, to certain way of doing things, those things which are not God. If you go back to the scriptures when Jesus says, you cannot serve God and mammoth. You cannot have two gods. You cannot say you love God, meanwhile your heart is still attached to something else. Jesus says, you need to lay down your life, take up your cross if you love me. You've got to love me above all other things. And it is that great love that the Lord is asking of us. And so when the Lord says it is hard for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God, I would like to look at it and think of those who have chosen not to dedicate their time, their love, and their service to God. Those who have forgotten that God exists. Those who have forgotten that they belong and they live in and through God. That's the first principle that Jesus reminds us of. That in everything that we've been blessed with, 
the Lord says to us, we also need to realize that those blessings have been given to us by God so that God may bless us, but also that God may bless other people through us. That's the most important thing that I think the scriptures reminds us of today. The other one then that I also find interesting. The disciples, when they hear this, they are absolutely disturbed. They are saddened. They are afraid. And they say to Jesus through the lips of Saint Peter, then Lord, who will be saved? If this is the reality, who then can be saved? But then ask and listen to a different question being posed by Peter. He says, what about us? We've left everything. We've given ourselves to you. And that is a genuine human question. Who can be saved? What about us? What about everything that we have done? And Jesus looked at them and he says to them, on your own, it is impossible. But with God, everything is possible. And I think that's, that's a, a beauty of our faith. The first realization that I can do things, but there are certain other things I cannot do. Hence, the church has always believed that nature works with grace. Grace builds on nature. There are things that God wants to do and achieve in our lives, but he needs our cooperation. There are things that we may come to know with our own human intelligence, but there are many other things that we will never come to know with our own human intelligence. And these, dear friends, you find it absolutely so true and so real in the book of Prophet, uh, Prophet Ezekiel, chapter 28, verse 1 to verse 10, where we rely so much on human intelligence and we think we are gods, where we think we can achieve anything and everything, where we think that we are supernatural, where we think we've got the whole world at the palm of our hands. No matter how genius we are, no matter how intelligent we think we are, there are certain things in life that we just do not know. And so what it means for me, it means our human intelligence has to work to fulfill the plan of God. Our genius has to work in order to do that which God wants and demands of us in our lives. What about us? Peter asked. Having left everything, having given my life to God, having walked with you, Jesus, having served you, Lord Jesus Christ, what about us? What about my family? That's the quest that Jesus has to answer in the life of many disciples, even today. Jesus says to us, do not be afraid. He gives us the assurance. Inasmuch as you've been faithful to little things, I will make you faithful to greater things. He gives us the assurance that he is the God of the kingdom, that he will welcome us into the kingdom, that he will bring us back to himself. This is important because many other people are asking that question. Having done everything, Lord, is there still hope for us? Having prayed so much, 
having lived a good life, having given myself to you, is there still hope? And dear brothers and sisters, I'm of the greatest belief that God never leaves his own. He always fulfills that which he begins. He always gives us that which we need the most. The last word that I love absolutely beautifully, he says, for my name's sake, everything that you've done, for my name's sake, I promise you, you will receive a hundredfold and you will inherit eternal life. Now, for Jesus, when he talks about hundredfold and eternal life, he's not only talking about the heaven. He's talking about blessings here on earth, that the Lord will continue to bless us here on earth as he continues to bless us in life eternity. We must never forget that the, the kingdom principles, we start living them here on earth. We start living the presence of God in our lives today with our families, with our loved ones, where we see God opening places, where we see God doing things that on our own we will not have been able to do that, where we see God blessing us with everything that we need in our lives. And so Jesus assures us that he remains faithful. What he has promised, he will give. May the Queen Mother of God pray with us and for us, and may Almighty God bless and protect us, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.